Jared or Jeff and I, uh, we've recorded a few episodes that never made it uh, due to one reason or another. I think. Mm. Yeah. So, what do you think this is, uh, Jeff? How many? What number would this be if they were all seeing daylight? Would this be eight? This is gonna be number four, but this would be. It'd probably be eight or nine, right? We've recorded a couple of. Them. For some reason, one reason or another, we've deleted someone accident. Um, yeah, this would be eight. Yeah, and then we had a couple of them for <laughs> cup uh, audio cutting out. So. Yeah, and the first two that I just deleted. Yeah. Okay. Or they just never saved for some reason. I don't really. I still don't really know why. Well, we don't know what we're doing, so. Yeah. Still. Cool. One of the things we talked about in the last one was that I was actually looking forward to people commenting on was a potential for the show, uh, for renaming the show. Yeah. And Jeff had a couple, we haven't told you about this, Jared, but uh, Jeff had a couple good name suggestions. Okay. I don't know if you remember any of them. Yeah. So when we, when, find them real quick. Yeah. When we first started talking about this, we were like, I, my, I kept going to the, the thought process that, yeah, another another shooting podcast right that's what everybody really wants to hear and it was kind of a joke so i was like yeah another shooting podcast or another sport shooting podcast and for some reason i just we just stuck with that because i wanted to abbreviate it and call it the ass cast and, uh, <laughs> classy because i am and i'm you know an adult um but uh jeff had some that i thought were fairly funny <laughs> and some of them that just you know we're stupid. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. So, it's a good spectrum of. And of we names. we were we were tempted to let the anyone that's been following the page name it, but then we'd like, yeah, but that'd come up with something we may not want to do. You know, we don't want the yeet cannon. <laughs> we we could pick like three or four and then put up a poll. Yeah. Yeah. So then it really, then it really would be the people's podcast. Right. Right. You got that list up? Dude, I'm trying to find it. My bad. I'm not, try- I'm not trying to rush you or anything. Settle down. God. Somebody say something. We're waiting on you. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So if we have any moments. Okay, aside. I found it. Okay. Right, you can be quiet now. All right. Okay, so my list goes as follows. We have the Overlay Please podcast. (laughs) That's a double (laughs) podcast. The Disaster Factor podcast. The Grease Ring podcast. I like that one, the Grease Ring. (laughs) My personal favorite. Uh, Shooter's Dialogue, Mid-South Gamers, Gamers Gone Game podcast. The Drop Step podcast, Squib Loaders. And that's it. Hmm. I like the overlay podcast. Or the uh, can I have an overlay, please? Whatever. <laughs> overlay, and then I'll, please. Yeah, I like the grease ring. I had a suggestion, and it was it was the. Let me read this real quick. But um, Jeff thought it was too long. It was the. <laughs> it's freaking long. <laughs> it was the Derek Zoolander podcast for shooting. For shooting good and who want to do other things good too. 
it yeah. it's for uh yeah for people who want to shoot good yeah. and, and do other things good too or something like that the Derek zoolander podcast for people who want to shoot good and who want to do other good stuff too <laughs> there's other stuff good too my bad i can't read because then we yeah. could just take the picture of that that memorial piece from that movie yeah. and then just edit it and make right. it our thumbnail I thought that'd be a good one. It's funny. It's really long, though. It is really long. Jared, do you uh, have any input on any any of those? No preference. Okay. So we may just put those out and let people vote on those. Just a disclaimer. uh, If we don't like what everybody votes on, (laughs) we're not (laughs) going to pick it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So that's a good good disclaimer to have. <laughs> yeah, if we don't like what you come up with, we're not gonna go with it. Kind of like if you put out a, a question on Instagram and if you <laughs> and if you answer it wrong, you gotta repost it. Then when you answer it wrong, you're like, I'm not reposting it. <laughs> uh, that was me. <laughs> All right, so Jared, uh you wanna Tell us about Ipsic Nats. How'd that go? What'd you think of the, what'd you think of the match? Uh, the match was pretty good. The stages were overall interesting. I like the flavor of Ipsic with the 3-2-1 rule. So you have some short courses and stuff. And then you can also do longer stages. We can do strong hand with some movement that we don't normally see in USPSA. Uh, there was only one stage I didn't care for. And you basically activated a swinger that you couldn't see anything of except for through like a 10-inch circle at I don't know, 15 yards maybe. It was hard cover, yeah. but it was pretty hard to call your shots. And hard, I don't. Know, I took like five shots at it. I I was sure I had two hits and mocked down there, and it was zero. So that's that stage I didn't care for. Uh, a good hit factor on that stage was in like the threes. Yeah. Other otherwise, though, it was pretty interesting. Uh, did pretty much everything. Had strong hand, weak hand. Low ports, prone, activator sequences, lots of swingers. Um, it was a good match. I enjoyed it a lot. So I had seen I seen the video of that with that uh, with that stage you're talking about with the um, with that uh, swinger that had the hard cover in the circle. I've they had something like that a couple years ago. Um, might have been last year where they I think they had two swingers in a wall like that. It was the same thing, but it was like. It's like a, it was just a little bit different though, and so that 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 tells me that that they like to do stuff at that range, like that at that range. I don't. Remember, there was something similar to that last year. I don't remember what it was though. I don't know if it was one swinger through a circle or something or what. But I thought there was two holes that both had swingers through them in a, in the same situation like that. I could be wrong, but that's. I, maybe, I think it was a plate with multiple holes with one swinger. Okay. But I, I don't know. I felt like that stage was. Yeah, uh, a little excessive, like. Right, you're just yeah. So what was your what was your um, strategy on that as far as trying to figure out how to how to get those hits? Uh, I just uh, activated it. Let's see, I'm trying to think. I think I activated the popper on the draw, shot the paper next to it, and then shot the. The two targets on the left, so paper target and popper on the left side, 
and then transitioned to the circle. And I shot until I thought I had two good hits on it. Uh, hindsight being 2020, I think what I should have done was just, uh, as soon as I activated, should have transitioned to the circle and shot one shot and called it a day. It just took the two mics, but done it half the time. Right. Really? Hmm. Did you try to look through the circle, and as soon as you saw that edge of that target clear, is that no, what you, you tried to do? No, you couldn't do that. By the, yeah. time you've seen, by the time you've seen the target, you already missed. Right. That's what I thought. From everything, all the videos I saw on it, I was like, I would have thought you would have just said, okay, pull the trigger now because it should be coming out. By the time I get the trigger pulled, maybe I'll hit the paper. Basically what I did, and you know, trying to, trying to call your shots, it was a pretty quick swing or two with a wide arc, and I don't know. Yeah. Apparently it didn't work. Other guys had a lot more success than I did with it. Gotcha. How'd you do it? How'd you do overall? Uh, I ended up finishing seventh in production optics. I uh, had a couple of stage wins and a few pretty good stages. Uh, I got off to a pretty rough start the first day. I had a strong hand only stage, and then that swinger stage was my first two stages. Uh, nice. And then the uh, next four stages between them, I had five mics, which it turned out I was having some uh, equipment issues. So I got approval to switch guns from the uh, master director or range master, whoever had to approve it. And, and after, after the gun switch, the uh, match went pretty well. I had all my hits uh, and shot far better points. What was wrong with the gun? So at some point in time during the match, the one or the screws that are torqued down holding the Delta Point Pro on had uh, loosened slightly, so the sight would move side to side on my uh, Optics Ready Shadow Two. Mm. Uh, it was it was definitely my fault. I should have verified they were still torqued correctly before I confirmed and and verified zero at the range on a Saturday morning. And to uh, help rectify that from happening again, I when I was at the grocery store today, I bought a paint pen. So I'm going to mark the screws a little better now. Gotcha. Yep. Well, I'm so, watching your uh, your match video here. From what do you guys think about? Do you think as far as okay, so that match had strong hand, weak hand, low ports, and prone. Uh, so I'll start with prone. Do you think prone, a stage pr with prone position, adds anything to the match? Uh, I certainly did like that one because it, it all it tested shooting a wide set of targets from prone. But you also had to effectively get down there. Yeah. So you know it tested other skills. I mean, it is practical shooting. I would consider shooting prone practical. Yeah. Also, people shoot prone like different ways too. Mm -hmm. Some some people do it differently. So, yeah, I think it adds just because. So I've shot, I've shot one prone stage in my entire life, probably. Well, as far as I've been shooting IDPA or USPSA, I've only shot one, and I don't think I've ever shot prone before or after this. So that was Oklahoma State last year. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I didn't know what to do. I never practiced for it or never did anything. So I just jumped down and shot all the targets one-handed. <laughs> I oh, went prone. Really? Yeah, because you have that thing. What do you do? Do you kind of get down as low as you can and see the gun, or do you try to use your elbows and lift the gun up? 
And so I was like, I used my left hand to support my body up, and then I just shot the stage, the targets prone. It did not go well for me. Nice. Yeah, like, some, some people use their elbows, you know, and they'll prop the gun up. Right. And then some people just, like, completely arch out and hold their, their right. body up, hold their whole arms and everything off the ground. So some people and some people, like, and some people, I was watching ben, Ben's match talk through on practical training shooting group, practical shooting training group. I always say it wrong the first time, but uh, he was talking about what he did on that. And, um, yeah, he, I guess he got low. He just went down to it. He didn't do his elbows up. And he didn't do the, the the beach ball or whatever you want to call it, where you put your arm, you know, you're on your belly, kind of like teeter tottering on your belly. Yeah. Uh, he just went down low and got took it basically down low and brought his head to the gun. And um, look, I mean, look like he shot it pretty well. But um, right. so you think prone brings something to the stage? Uh, what do you think about strong hand and weak hand? Absolutely, I think uh, they're. They're another skill that should be exercised. I mean, we do them in our classifiers and stuff, but otherwise it's pretty rare that we see them. Uh, one nice change I like on Ipsic, though, is that you can you can have movement. You end up having movement and longer arrays, strong hand and weak hand. Like the, the strong hand stage was 12 rounds, and the weak hand stage was 20 rounds. Yeah. That's awesome. I haven't got to shoot a stage like that yet. I haven't either. And I would really like to. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. And so I take that back. I have, but that was an IDPA. Because in IDPA, that's one thing I do think IDPA does that uh, USPSA doesn't. USPSA, most matches, is two per freestyle. And to make it interesting, you do an unloaded start or a barrel start or wrist above shoulders or an uprange start. That's pretty much it. Um, I don't think I've ever had to carry anything, uh, which I'm not a big fan of carrying stuff, but it doesn't really bother me either. But, um, but in USPSA, yeah, I've never shot a weekend or strong hand stage other than a classifier. So anyways, hmm. you think there'll be something like that at nationals? Oh, there'll be some strong hand weekend, I'm sure, but it won't be, there probably won't be any movement. Gotcha. Think it'd be any prone? Probably. So I guess I better figure that out before I get there. Uh, no, I don't think you should worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Just wing it. Just wing it. Just pick, yeah, I hear you. Cool. So as far as the other topic for the show, I was thinking Jeff and I were talking about something. Um, so we're all still fairly new to the sport. I mean, I think... Uh, I feel like we talk about this every time we record a show, but I don't know that this has ever made it to a one of the shows that have been aired. So, Jared, you started shooting, I think, what, in 16 or 15? 2015. Okay, Jeff, you were 2016, right? Yeah. And then I was 2017. And um, so this was, I'm going to read the question. When new to the sport, did you think being a GM – meant that you would have it all figured out and would be as good as the top of the sport no so okay let me before you let me go back and add some to that when you first came in and you saw a gm and so you're new you see a gm you see a guy that's killing it maybe he wasn't a gm maybe he's a master but he was killing it and you're like okay nice uh yeah i want to get that and and you're thinking when i get to that point I won't, I'll know how to do everything. There won't be anything I have a question on. 
Um, I'll, I'll just have it all figured out. I can look at anything and just know what I need to do. And then did you think that your skill would be topped out? So is your answer still no, Jared? Yes. Your answer is still no. Jeff, what do yep. you think? I, I didn't really have any, any GM shooting at the clubs I was going to. So I kind of did feel like, like once you make GM, like you're, you know, you're competitive at the highest level, basically. Uh, you know, I don't really feel that way now, you know. It's like right, that's make, the next question. But yes, originally, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, GM is it. And I didn't think, I also didn't think that GM was attainable. That was another thing. Uh, when I first started, because you start in C class, uh, nobody at the clubs I was shooting at, you know, one of the clubs is really big. There's like 100 shooters, and the other one's uh, almost just as big. And uh, there were no GMs shooting there. So I just figured, well, that must not be very attainable. And it wasn't until I made, I think, probably A class that I started figuring out that. Yeah, I think that's probably attainable one. I don't really understand why there aren't more of them around here. You know, that being said, I'm not there yet. But what do you think? Well, what do you think? Uh, as far as do you remember, what was the, the highest level guy? Who was the the top dog at those matches? That big club. I mean, not who was he. You don't have to say his name, but what, what was his classification? His or her classification? Uh, probably limited shooters. Yeah. How high were they? M M class. Okay. Yeah, we had some M class limited shooters shredding. There there was uh one of the guys I shoot with now is is a production GM, but uh he wasn't shooting at those clubs when I started, so I didn't I never saw him shoot. Gotcha. Yeah. See in my area we had four GMs when I started. Uh, and probably at least as many masters. Wow. Yeah, Kansas City is kind of a is one of those areas. There's a couple of areas like that in the country that you know there's a club or a couple of clubs that are close by that have a couple GMs, right? But I wouldn't. This is, that doesn't seem to be the case for most areas. I, so me and a me and a friend were talking about the other day that I know of. I think there's four. GMs that still actively compete in the state of Missouri. Wow. Really? And then, and then uh, two of our local GMs, they also, they live in the Kansas side, so and they're the only two that are GMs that I know of in Kansas. Are those uh, PCC GMs? No, no, sorry, real GMs. <laughs> in, a, in a pistol division. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not dissing PCC, but I'm talking about pistol shooters, too. So when I started shooting, I, I do remember the first match I went to, there was a guy there that was a master. He was an, a limited master shooter. And, um, but um, that was it. And, and there was, then uh, when I went to a couple of the other ranges that were you know, an hour or two away, there was a couple of master level guys. I didn't know any GMs, pistol shooters. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I thought... I was new to the sport, and I thought when you got to that level, you would have it all figured out. 
you know, you would just know what the right answer was to any question. And I don't mean like if somebody said, hey, I'm doing this, what should I do? But when you just walked up and saw a stage, you would think, I, I thought that that master level or that GM shooter would be able to just go, yep, this is the only way to do it and the only way to do it right. And this is how you win it. And this is how you do it. Right. And then I thought their skill level, I did, I thought their skill level was probably what top level would be. Didn't take me long to realize that wasn't the case. Um, but I definitely thought that. And then I probably thought deep down, I thought, yeah, it's probably attainable, but you probably got to put in the work. So, I was aware of that. Everything takes a lot of work. Everything takes a lot of work. Yeah. So, but there was also about three master level production shooters when I first started, and uh, those were the ones that kind of because I was shooting single stack minor for the first two years, so those were the guys I was comparing to and always trying to beat. Uh, that was a big, big part of what helped me progress was picking those guys out and saying, what do I need to do to be able to beat these guys? So that was a big part of you getting better, picking, yeah. picking the heat, squatting with them, watching what they're doing, yeah. you know, picking up what you could. Is that what you did, Jared? Uh, after, after I was kind of understood the game. Yes. Yeah. Early on, no, I just kind of shot. Gotcha. Because that's what I did. Once I early on, I just shot, and then I realized, but it wasn't very very long. I realized, okay, who's the best shooter at this match? I want to squad with that person. I want to watch what they're doing. I want to do what they're doing, and then get better at it. And then if I went to another match, I always wanted to squad with the best shooter that I could find. I still want to do that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, uh, you know, it it doesn't. I don't get to do it as much anymore, but more at uh, majors. Like, I basically chase chase the heat to majors. Like, yeah. hey, I want to go here. I want to see either how I compare to this guy or if I can beat this guy. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's still how I try to improve and gauge where I'm at. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. I, now, I, since um, I'll I'll ask other shooters that aren't necessarily shooting the same. Like I'll even ask you, Jeff. Like, hey, what do you think about this? I know you're shooting single stack, but what do you think about this? Yeah. Do you do do you ever find that like when somebody asks you, like if I ask you, hey, what do you think about this? And I, you know, I'm we're not talking about during your walk. Well, it may be during the walkthrough, but you know. Do you ever find yourself going, okay, look, man, I don't really want to devote the brain power to switch gears for for your for your game. I'm I'm stuck in single stack. It's completely different, right? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, because I, you know, I talk to around here. Usually, it's it's some sort of uh, mover, uh, yeah. activator, engagement order type stuff uh, that is being talked about and. It's usually open shooters that I'm talking to, and I find it a very productive and enjoyable uh, comparison, honestly. Uh, stuff like activators, though, I mean, part of that's learning what you can do. Yeah. Because you need to know that you can make it in the time rather than, like, just because one person can do it doesn't mean that the other guy can do it. So, like, 
Yeah. I don't know. If, if you're A class and open, it doesn't necessarily mean that the A class single stack guy standing next to you can shoot that activator sequence the same way you do. Right. Yeah. Because when you start shooting open for a while, and I briefly shot it for about six months, I guess, but uh, you get so an open used, shooter. You get so used to uh, what did you just say? I said you're basically an open shooter. Yeah. I don't know what, what you're getting at, but <laughs> I don't know if you're talking crap or what. But uh, yeah, you get used to that gear running, man. That gear allows you to get away with a lot. I mean, the gears, you know, that's when gear does matter, in my opinion. But obviously, I never saw you finish a match with your gun running when you shot open. <laughs> you shot me. <laughs> you saw me shoot one match, but yeah, you're right. You never saw it. <laughs> I can't dispute that. I yeah. think. I think your Glock worked the next day, though. It did work. It did work. That was the first time I shot that Glock in six or seven months. But, yeah, it worked. You, you told me. So that was a – Jeff, did you shoot that Old Fort shootout? No, I didn't get to make it this year. Okay. So Saturday I shot the – I was going to shoot open. And I was squatted with, with Jared on um, both days. And I, my gun didn't run. I think it ran on the classifier stage. And I think that was it. <laughs> that was because it was six rounds <laughs> or eight rounds. But – uh, so the next morning, Sunday morning, we're, we're showing up, we're shooting, you know, we're getting ready to go back over to the first stage again. And, and Jeff, uh, Jared's like, so we're really going to see if it's your gun or if it's you. Cause if your Glock doesn't run, then it's definitely you. And, and I had thought that driving down, I was like, man, I hope this Glock runs. Cause if it don't, I'm really going to catch a lot of crap, but, <laughs> but it, it ran, it ran. So anyways, all right. Um, hey, so Jared, uh, another thing we talked about, uh, Jeff and I recorded one while you were gone, and it's one that's not going to make it make it to the air. But um, Jeff threw down the challenge, the last uh, one you were on for single stack nats. Yes. yes. Yeah, are y'all going to do that? I haven't decided if I'm shooting it yet or not. Hmm. So I'm trying to. I, I'm I'm want, wanting to do it. Um, I'm trying to get guns lined out. I've got a buddy that's going to let me borrow a gun. I've got two buddies that will let me borrow a gun. They're both going to be in 45. So my first question is, what caliber do most single stack single stack shooters use or shoot? So if they're over 70, where they shoot single stack year round, they use a 45. <laughs> if they're if they don't care about doing well at nationals, they'll shoot a nine millimeter. <laughs> and then if they're, the pe- if they're the people that also shoot like limited or some other real division most of the year, they use 40. Right. Okay. So year round single stack guys are doing 45. So that's my question. Let's, let's pretend nothing else matters. There's only single stack and you had to pick a caliber. What caliber would you pick? If I, now that yeah. I don't shoot limited anymore, 45. Okay. So, yeah, you don't shoot limited anymore. You're not going to shoot limited. So you'd pick 45. Yeah. I've never shot 45. I've always just shot 40, and I really like it. So that being being said, I would shoot 40. That's like .05 too small. (laughs) (laughs) Holes aren't big enough, bud. (laughs) No, I I like the way a 40 single stack uh, works. The problem is, like, I'm not going to shoot single stack seriously, and I'm not going to take the time to tinker and make a, a 40 work. Also, working for CZ and Dan Wesson, uh, we don't make a catalog 
40 and I'm not going to custom order one. I'll just use an off the shelf uh, Point Man 45. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, anyways, I've got two buddies that are potentially going to let me borrow some guns. So, yeah, we'll see how that works. But why don't you just uh, borrow Greg's guns? Is he going to nationals? Greg who? Thurby. Oh, I don't know if he's going to nationals. Dude, yeah. just just get on my squad. We'll share the same point man forty five. Me, <laughs> me, you, and Matt can share the same gun. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do and it. Then we'll, all, we'll all three beat Jeff. He'll probably quit. Yeah, let's do that. What would you do, Jeff, if, if we all three who never shoot single stack show up and smoke you? I'm just saying something catastrophic would have to happen on my part for all three of you to beat me. What? Yeah, there's no way. You you don't think? Okay, so you think, but you think one or two of us could beat you? Hey, what's your what's your best finish at a single stack nationals? I've never been. Well, see, I've done better at them than you. What does that even mean? <laughs> I, I haven't been to one. Exactly, you're too scared. No, I'm too poor. But I'm but going you gotta this pay- you got to pay our entry fees. That was why. That's what you said. What do you got to do to make us to get right. us to go? No, that wasn't the deal. The listeners are going to pay for $100 in beer money for each of you. Uh, I thought you were going to pay our entry fees because, see, I, need, I was really relying <laughs> on that, two, that $270. I just, uh, I just <laughs> ordered an iPad on the Prime Day, so you know, <laughs> I, I really needed that. You were banking on it, huh? <laughs> no, I'm not paying for Jack. Uh, I guess I just won't shoot it then. I'm actually really nervous about it because I've never flown to a match, so this will be my first. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy. So you, you go to the airport, you check your guns at the counter, you go up to them and be like, I have a loaded firearm really <laughs> loudly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just, you just go check your firearm, and then they check it like any other bag. They'll, if they need to open it, they'll, they'll ask you to stand around for like 10 minutes. If they don't, if they don't call you in 10 minutes, that means they're done. Then uh, if you don't already have it, you get TSA pre-check ahead of time so that you can go through security in like five minutes. Yeah. Um, That's what I've heard. And then like, you I'm going to start traveling with a gun everywhere. <laughs> no, no. That doesn't get you TSA pre-check. And oh. If I don't... If I don't travel with a gun, dude, I'm I'm like to the gate in five minutes. Okay. Uh, let's see. And then uh, after you get through security, you go to the airport bar. That way, right. you're 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 comfortably drinking beer whenever they delay your flight. Right. Nice. And then when they delay it the second time, then you're trying to figure out how to change your flight so that you don't miss your transfer in Atlanta or somewhere to spend the night. And then you're worried that your guns are not going to get there, or they're going to be sitting there on the, the the turntable thing for you know. No, nah, they don't. They don't normally put them out. Um, you got to go pick them up. So, like Delta, if it's a gun, Delta almost always says take it off. It doesn't has a note on it that says don't put it on the carousel, which probably makes it more of a, a likelihood to get stolen. Stolen. Yeah. Um, 
if you're if you travel with a gun box that doesn't look like a normal piece of luggage, most of the airlines will pull it off separately. Uh, but then again, I've had times where I flew with a rifle box and a pistol box, and they pulled the pistol box separately and sent the big Pelican rifle box out of the conveyor. So if they pull it, if they pull it and don't put it on the conveyor, where do you go to get it? Every airport will have like a little baggage claim area for your airline you're flying with for special handling and stuff. Yeah, it's like if you it's like if you miss your flight and your baggage made the because your baggage a lot of times will make the connection, but yep. you won't. So you'll have to go to that little room for the like he's saying. It, for the, it, for the it depends. So I had to change my flight coming back from uh, Ipsic Nationals because. On the way to the airport, I got a message from Southwest that my flight was delayed. So I, I was double-checking the flight time. So my flight was going to land 20 minutes prior to departure of my of my flight in Atlanta. So there was no way I was making that plane transfer. So in a case like that where, you, where your entire flight misses, like your luggage probably isn't going to make it either. Gotcha. Right. So did you, I'm thinking about getting Pelican cases, though. I don't know which model it is. I've, I've looked them up, and I have them saved in, on my Amazon, and it's big enough to put two guns in, pistols in. Is that what you would recommend? Uh, I, don't, I had a um, Patriot case that was custom cut for my limited guns that I flew with separately. So I flew with it as its own piece of luggage. And then I also have a little, like, Boyd hard case that you pull the foam out, stick two pistols in. And I just throw it inside my luggage. I prefer the uh, one that I put inside my luggage. Okay. Then, it, then it doesn't scream that you have a gun while you're walking through the airport. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Do you right. put the mags in there with them? No. I just put my mags in my uh, – in the. well, I put it in the same piece of luggage, but I don't – normally I just put my entire range bag inside of a duffel bag with my mags inside the range bag. Gotcha. Yeah, so I just check a duffel bag that has my range bag in it. If, uh, if I'm flying like an airline like Delta where you have to pay for baggage, I just put my pistol box in the same duffel bag. If I'm flying Southwest where I get two pieces of checked luggage, then I use a uh, roller bag for my pistols and some other stuff. Hmm. What do you do with your belt to keep it from getting like crushed? Uh, I This... When I flew Delta, I put my belt in my carry-on. When I fly, like, with my roller bag, it goes in with the guns in the the semi-hard-sided roller bag. You leave the holster on? You don't take Uh, anything apart? So I always take my holster off every time I've flown. Um, I also, the mag patches I have are quick release quickly, so I take them off as well. Yeah. See, I'm thinking about flying and carrying my my uh, belt on, on doing uh, doing it with the carry on, and I was even thinking like just carrying it like visibly out, and then I was like, well, you probably don't want to do that with a holster, uh, you know. But who knows? Most people mm-hmm. probably won't know. So, anyways, I've got to look into that too. I've got to get a new range bag because I have one of those big ones from like Midway. That's y'all probably seen it, but it's that big big ass duffel bag looking thing that. That's not what I'm wanting to take with Nationals, you know, because Nationals, you just, I just need ammo and a few, some tools, but I don't need a bunch of crap, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyways, well. Mm, good, that's, info. Uh, good info, man. 
So I guess that's probably about it for tonight. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. So if uh, anybody, to reiterate, if anybody wants to vote on the name of the new podcast, let's uh, hit us up. We'll put a poll out. It may be, we'll probably put a poll out before, <laughs> before this. <laughs> Uh, before this airs, but uh, we'll make it. We should probably put the poll out so after this airs, then they know what that poll was for, and then whatever. Or we could just say what the poll is for. Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. You and your smart, <laughs> you know, whatever. Because you can think you're smart because you can read. So. Yeah, so we'll put a couple options out there, and by the time you hear this, you will likely already have voted. Peace.